0: Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. (laughs) It's so bad! Welcome back inside the screening room. Glad you're joining us. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from madwolf.com. And August, they say, often is the dog days of summer. A lot of times it's the dog days at the movie theaters as well. And we'll see if that holds out this week. We'll start with the first of the major studio releases, this week, the latest in the Conjuring universe. Several years after the tragic death of their little girl, a doll maker and his wife welcome a nun and several girls from a shuttered orphanage into their home, soon becoming the target of the doll maker's possessed creation, Annabelle. It's Annabelle Creation. My daughter has been dead for a very long time. She was taken from us at an early age. <laughs> See our beloved girl again. The contact started small. But then it wanted permission to move into a doll so that it could be with us forever. We said yes. This is one we've been cautiously looking forward to. We love The Conjuring. Love it. Love that. We were a little disappointed with Annabelle. Yes. And then we've been hearing some good early buzz yeah. on Annabelle creation, so we had our hopes up. But it was directed by David F. Sandberg, who just is coming off Lights Out, which was a hit. Huge. But I thought it was very disappointing. It was nothing but jump scares and red herrings, very, what I kind of call, junior high horror, just right. so you grab the person next to you, and that's about it. But this one happily it's it's better than that it's better than the Annabelle. first Annabelle mm-hmm. but uh, boy it can't get up to the conjuring level
1: no I mean it's just not very good it's not in any way particularly well written and uh, and I think that it's that's the biggest problem it is primarily jump scares but that's fine it's kind of an empty-headed summer scary movie you know and and fun in a way for that reason
0: although I did like it does get around or arise above. All the jump scares with some pretty creepy visuals. There are some sequences that I thought,
1: okay, especially with the with the mother in the third act. There were some. There's a good. There's a good-looking scarecrow because, dude, you know what? And that's. I think the entire (laughs) series. It's like they know what. certain like you know, nuns are scary, right? Creepy (laughs) dolls are scary, and then what's new? Ooh, scarecrows because scarecrows are scary.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, They do some some nice things with the scarecrow. Uh, you're right. the The writing has a problem. You you get into some of the actions of the characters that don't really make sense. the The, the plot line kind of has some jumps around, some holes in it. It doesn't really gel. It doesn't hold together as a story.
1: No, because let's let's talk about the story for a second. So, <laughs> so a right, the single least talented doll maker in the history. Because is that not the ugliest doll you've ever seen? But
0: but you know we have that book in our house called Creepy Ass, creepy Ass, dolls. Ass dolls. It is one of my favorite and books. Back in the day, they made some creepy looking dolls. Okay, they did. So,
1: so this doll maker and his <laughs> wife, they they lose their daughter. And they pray to whatever power can bring her back to them. Mm-hmm. So pretty soon, they realize. That's a mistake. Yes, generally speaking. <laughs> they realize they've done something absolutely terrible and that they have a possessed doll on their hands. So what do they do a few years later to to make up for that sin? They bring children into the home.
0: Yeah, some orphans.
1: Yeah, that's. That's not wise. Yeah. It's just it's just a, it's just a series of bad decisions being made
0: in this movie. <laughs> it is, it is, and then it sets up, and one of them has uh, a leg in a brace, suffers uh, from suffers from polio. From polio mm-hmm. So that sets up the you know preying on the weakest type of thing. Uh, but it does. It 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 moves around to some ridiculous situations, and of course, you had some serious problems with <laughs> some of the treatment of Catholicism and the and the. Catholic practices which you are a <laughs> yeah. lot more well versed in than I am uh,
1: believe me it's not that so so uh, Catholicism is a, is a, a you know it's a topic in horror all the time and and whether you whether you use it to sort of you know make bad you know say bad things about the church or not I'm not this is not where I'm being nitpicky it's the actual practice
0: yeah uh, you, you should have seen her reaction in the theater when they have a nun take confession because Re- yeah it receive doesn't confession <laughs> it, yeah yeah he, she
1: yeah, a nun can't give con- only a priest can give confession by the way there's just lo- I mean it's just <laughs> it's it's irritating and I know that it's not going to bother the majority of viewers right. but it just it just felt ignorant right. to me but and the conjuring didn't have that problem no conjuring very catholic film got all of the little you know crossed their t's and dotted their i's and made the cross the right way yeah, I mean conjuring, they had it right
0: conjuring was so good and it's not just that we won't spoil it. It's not just the doll. There is be on the lookout for something else yeah. that is a bit of a uh, thread, a connecting thread through uh, all the way back to the Conjuring and then the the Conjuring sequel, mm-hmm. the Conjuring Two. So it is all in the Conjuring universe. But yeah, it's not it's not up to snuff. Although it is better than the first Annabelle, but it just it just you know some people are fans of the the jump scares. Yeah. Um. I, I don't think you can fill and you can support. An entire movie with that, and and thankfully, as we said, it does have more. It does show some really cool, some some creepy visuals when you get into the demon, and then the the, uh, the changing shape of the demon and and what it does. You mentioned the scarecrow. There's some other things mm-hmm. that I thought were effective, mm-hmm. but but boy, it's just it's just too much of the same old stuff. But I guess if they're following the formula, you know, it worked so well in Lights Out. Lights Out made a bucket of money. I wasn't satisfied with it, but it depends on on what they're they're going for, I guess.
1: Well, I just it's just not going to be one of those movies that stays with you. It's not memorable. No. It's, it's not destined to become a classic. It's just going to be one of those yeah, those sort of fun jump scare, mindless horror films you go to and then forget about.
0: Well, I think as you mentioned in your uh, written review up on MadWolf dot com, by the way, you you th- kind of get the feeling the Conjuring is a bit of an unlikely franchise, not something that really the studio thought was going to take off like this. No,
1: it, I mean, uh, of course, I don't know that for sure, but it feels that way. And and uh, in the way that, that now all the films in the universe seem to try to wedge in little uh, little Easter eggs that sort of pull all the different films together, and sometimes they make sense, and other times... They just don't. And if you just go back to, you know, the the image of, of Annabelle on screen with that like music box sound, yeah. those two items, those two elements, they are in no way connected in The Conjuring world. The music box belongs with Bathsheba, who right. haunted the house in The Conjuring, who has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with Annabelle, who was haunting Except some nursing
0: that, students. Right. Right, except that the doll is in the house of the Warrens who were working on that case. That's very thin, you're very. right. It's a very thin connection. Although, so.
1: although, when the nun in this film pulls out a photo from her old convent, Keep an eye. Keep, Keep an eye. eye out. Look closely.
0: That's all we're saying. So a lukewarm recommendation, I guess. I think some people will be satisfied with it, I think, more so than, say, the last Annabelle or, or even Lights Out. And I think it raises, as we said, the bar a little bit on that, but not up to The Conjuring, and that is Annabelle creation. Next up is another one that we've been looking forward to because of the book it comes from. It's the story of a young girl coming of age in a dysfunctional family of nonconformist nomads With a mother who's an eccentric artist and a father who's an alcoholic. And it's the film adaptation of Jeanette Wall's memoir, The Glass Castle.
1: My parents are squatting in an abandoned building on the Lower East Side. They were homeless for three years before that, which is pretty much how they raised us.
0: This is as real as it gets, kids. You learn from living. From the best-selling memoir by Jeanette Walls. You should be ashamed of ours. Why did you
1: lose your sense of adventure? My dad can be extremely cruel, but he dreams bigger than anyone I've ever met.
0: I can't let you cling to the side your whole life just because you're scared. The Glass Castle. So
1: I've been excited about this one because I really very much enjoyed that book.
0: Yeah, I remember when you had the book, you read the book, so you had it sitting around and... Uh, I didn't read it, but I kind of read at it. I would pick it up and look at it and look at some pictures and, and read passages in mm-hmm. it, so I'm a little familiar.
1: Yeah, it was fascinating to me. It really was. And uh, and then when I saw that they were making a film and that it was uh,
0: Destin... Daniel Cretton. ...who had directed Short Term 12. Yes, very good. Another very, one very with good. Brie Larson. And
1: again, right, and the cast. Brie Larson, Naomi Watts, Woody Harrelson. I thought, great, I'm yes. all in. And then I saw... Mid-August release, yeah, just like we were saying, it's not a good sign. Not a good sign for mid-August. August August is when they sort of sweep out everything they thought wasn't going to be a summer blockbuster, Mm -hmm. and then they dump they dump everything that they don't want to hold on to when it comes to like uh, awards season. Yeah, so that's what you get. You get everything that they don't want to come out in prime time. Yeah,
0: and first look at this cast, as you mentioned, you would think, oh, that could be Oscar bait because all three of these right at the top uh, series either Oscar winners or Oscar nominees. and Brie Larson plays Jeanette Walls, who wrote the memoir. And if you're not familiar, she is a, a journalist. Uh, rose to success, rose out of this very dysfunctional upbringing to success as a journalist in both print and television. And then wrote this this incredible memoir of the of the childhood that she endured. And uh, yeah, the performances are there. There's so much talent there. It's it's the the path they take. It's the and writing and the direction. The writing and the changes and that they make to the right. book.
1: So it, you know, it's not your. This is not your traditional dysfunctional family. I mean, she lived. She has four. She has three siblings, and her parents would just uproot them. Basically, they they were squatters. They squatted until they got caught, and then they would just. You know, grab the kids, get what you can, jump in the car, and and then drive until they found another abandoned home to squat in for a while. So the kids didn't even go to school proper until they would have been well into their elementary school years. And the their their dad was an alcoholic, and it was and a, and a very smart man. And it was he was the one who had this just wanderlust about him. And their mom, played by Naomi Watts, fancied herself an artist, and she spent most of her time painting. In the book, it's clear that she has some sort of of a personality disorder or some sort that is is and, and and in the book i would say that she's the primary antagonist if you will that's the relationship that uh that the book dwells more it closely on in the movie yeah. that that is very much just sidelined
0: yeah that was curious very because it was the central the central uh connection conflict i guess of the book was the mother-daughter and this is so much more father-daughter. It's a very a curious change.
1: And I wonder if it's because they felt like the arc that they could create with that was more cinema-friendly. I don't know. Um, I don't know why they would have done it that way. Uh, Woody Harrelson is great. But again, but it's interesting because the book spent some time covering what probably caused him to have these compulsions that he has... And the movie glosses right over that and spends the most time just sort of giving him these monologues so that he can come off as being eccentric and wise and at the same time sort of innocent and broken. It's, it's frustrating. It's really quite frustrating. And, and the thing I really, I think, appreciated the most about the book was Walls' abil- ability to write it in a way that was clear-eyed, so not sentimental, not overtly forgiving, but absolutely not judgmental. Uh, and I and and that would be hard to do given this material. The book chooses, excuse me, the film chooses instead to just be very sentimental. Yeah, and it, it's just really disappointing.
0: It is, and it's a, when you look at the uh, writer who wrote the script who adapted the script. He wrote uh, the script for the Shack, mm, which is a probably ve- all you need to know. Yeah, very very overly schmaltzy, uh, pour it on kind of a adaptation of the best selling book, The Shack. So. You, you have a good director with a good track record. At least the one short-term twelve was very, a uh, very uh, impressive, especially for an independent low-budget movie. Mm-hmm. But this one, yeah, you get the, you get the big stars, you get the big budget, but you just can't resist the urge to just paint everything so broadly and yeah. just force it down the audience's throat mm-hmm. and, yeah. and swell the strings. Okay, oh, here's yeah. where we want you to lump, get a lump yeah. in your throat. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, when you really, as the book does and books can do, let it speak for itself. Sure. You know, and you can have so much more success with that, especially when you have... Such talent. ...actors this talented. Exactly. Exactly. So really disappointed with The Glass Castle. Might be worth, I guess, checking out if you are a fan of the book to see what they did with it. But otherwise, yeah, a real disappointment.
1: Next up, following the events of the first film, Surly and his friends must stop Oakton City's mayor from destroying their home to make way for a dysfunctional amusement park. Nut job two, Nutty by Nature. Sully and the gang had everything they needed.
0: Ah, Precious. Tastes like peanut butter. Until it was all taken away. Mangy little rodents. I'll show them.
1: They're going to destroy the park. We're all
0: going to die. If we want to stop these guys, it's going to take everyone. It's animals. You scared us, you cute little guy. Boop. Ah! Don't call me cute. Versus humans. I want that squirrel. How do you like it? How do you like it? Let her rip. Sorry. The Nut Job 2. The first question raised by Nut Job 2 is, there was a Nut Job 1? And I think a lot of people are having that that same question, although, yes, there was, and it obviously made a bunch of money because it warranted a sequel. And if you look, there's already a Nut Job 3 on the docket whether this franchise deserves it or not. And let me tell you, based on this movie, it does not. The Nut Job 2, it could be called Nut and Honey. (laughs) Because there's really... (laughs) Sorry about that. Nothing here to to really have much interest beyond little kids, even though it's got a PG rating, which I found funny, um, beyond little kids just wanting to look at silly animals talking, I think, because there's no humor here. There's no... Depth, although they do try some socially conscious themes, they don't just hit them.
1: That's, I mean, and I think Zootopia made that a relevant practice, which is which is nice. But I think the other thing that happens here is that because of of advances in technology, animated films are really in ex- can be really inexpensive to make. So uh, that means that it can be not that difficult to make a huge profit on a film, which is why, especially in the summer when kids are out still yeah. during the day, uh, I don't think it's that surprising that we come across these.
0: Yeah, well, they pick it up, as you said, with Surly the squirrel and his buddies, his rodent friends, are all living high on the hog because the nut shop from the first film has been abandoned now, but they've got a bunch of spare inventory in the basement. So they're just, just living living high on all the nuts in the basement. But uh, Surly's maybe girlfriend, Andy the Squirrel, voiced by Katherine Heigl, uh, Will Arnett voices Surly again, by the way. He's doing a lot of animated yeah, voice yeah, work. Yeah, he is. Anyway, Andy thinks that they're all just fat and lazy with all this uh, free food. But all of a sudden that gets taken away when the mayor, the corrupt mayor, voiced by Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live, decides to just bulldoze everything and get rid of the park where all these rodents are living to make an amusement park. So then everybody has to band together and uh, work toward getting their park back and defeating the mayor. So there's, you know, there's... Themes of protesting, Mm -hmm. you know, peaceful protesting, non-peaceful protesting, and resistance (laughs) in this film. And as you said, uh, Zootopia, boy, talk about raising the bar for animation with a socially conscious mind. Really, almost
1: in in any way raising the bar for animation. What
0: a great, great movie, and it was done so well with humor, too, and sometimes very, very funny. Very funny. And the, the
1: visuals were glorious.
0: Visuals were glorious, everything about it. So that that is a high bar. Uh, even if this movie can't be expected to get that high, as I said, it gets points for trying. But it's just, again, it's so broadly drawn, not visually dazzling in any way. Not funny. Not funny at all. Yikes. Uh, the, the the voice talent, which also features uh, Maya Rudolph right, right. and Jackie Chan, okay. have they have a couple of scene-stealing moments. But, you know, the voice talent is fine but the story just goes nowhere it's uninspired it's just it's just a, a really a time filler i think uh, for maybe a rainy day with the l- littlest kids uh, the nut job really really just going nowhere and it'll be funny it'll be interesting to see if they do go ahead and make uh, part 3 but as you said with the the the, pump, the potential now for such easy profit right. that they just keep cranking this things these things out so that's why a lot of us The two of us included went, yeah, well, what happened to the nut job one? So (laughs) nut job two, no, not a recommendation for Nutty by Nature. And one more to mention in limited release this week. It's the story of a couple's camping trip turning into a frightening ordeal when the couple stumbles across the scene of a horrific crime. It's called Killing Ground.
1: I like this film very much. And uh, part of it is because it's camping horror, so I'm already afraid. <laughs> and the other is that it's Australian, and they have sort of hit a new renaissance in terms of of, of independent film and horror film in particular. But uh, the problem with this movie is that it feels a little bit too familiar. Uh, it is it is really much really a cross between Wolf Creek and Eden Lake. Ooh, S- right, two that's good two stuff. of my favorites. Yeah. So uh, uh, a couple goes camping and they you know they stop for directions. A uh, scary looking dude in a in a you know sort of side of the road convenience store tells them not to go. They go anyway. I think we've all seen that before. <laughs> a couple of times. When they show up though, there is uh, an SUV <clears throat> parked there and there's a tent that's already been pitched. And so they're disappointed that they're going to have to share their secluded beach with somebody. Else, until it becomes very, 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 very late at night, and they realize those people have not returned yet, and then they start to tell the, uh, another story of the people in that tent, and and when the two come together, it is really quite jarring and startling, and tense. and they make some interesting choices narratively that that keep it from being tied up easily, which helps it to kind of stick with you a little bit longer. And the performances are great, the good guys and the bad guys. The problem is just that. It's just so familiar mm-hmm. uh, that it, it, it's hard for it
0: to really stand out. Okay, so that's Killing Ground. Might be, if you're a horror fan, that would be the one to check out this, this week if you can find it. That's out in limited release for the home video DVD streaming releases this week. Well, we're batting just about 500. Right. Too good and too bad. First off, King Arthur Legend of the Sword. How about no? No.
1: <laughs> no, uh, you know, I was a little I was a little uh, excited about the idea of Guy Ritchie kind of Guy Ritchie-ing up the Arthurian <laughs> legend, but oh man, a mismatch. It was a mismatch.
0: Guy Ritchie is good at Guy Ritchie-ing he things is. up. He is. But it doesn't really work here. And also you know, I was disappointed with Snatched because you got um, Goldie Hawn joining Amy Schumer and yeah, Amy Schumer's follow-up to yeah, the hilarious train wreck. It
1: seemed like a great idea.
0: But the problem here, Amy Schumer didn't have a hand in the script. It's just and too bad it, because it, she
1: is a brilliant writer.
0: She can be not only funny but smart. Very. And this is just a collection of weak gags. It is nice to see Goldie Hawn on screen again, but it's just a shame it's it's in this, because it's very disappointing. Now, a couple that are worth checking out uh, this week on streaming at home video. You've got Richard Gere in The Dinner.
1: Oh, and it's a great cast, top to bottom, in The Dinner. And it's it's a politician and his wife, his brother, and his sister-in-law, they meet together over a dinner. And most of the film takes place in this incredible five-star restaurant with all of this crazy opulence happening. And But basically, they've come together to talk about a really horrible thing that's happened that is likely going to uh, certainly end his political career and quite possibly see one or both of their sons go to jail. Mm-hmm. And it's just an interesting take uh, as you just sort of swim through this opulent dinner scene as they figure out what they're going to do. It's not a brilliant, it's not the best movie in the world, but it's it's very well written. The performances are great and it's very interesting.
0: Richard Gere's having a good year he because is. he was also fantastic in Norman. Uh, Also this week, one we liked a lot, it's called The Transfiguration, the story about a a possible vampire, a young boy who is having a, a rough time coming of age, and he is obsessed with vampire movies, and he's thinking that maybe he is one
1: it's a, It's a fascinating film, it really is, and it's one in a way that's very familiar. It's just the story of the outsider a coming of age of the the kid in high school that nobody likes and uh and and he has really attached himself to the the folklore of this outsider, you know, who has to be an outsider mm-hmm. and who who really becomes sort of takes power into himself because of that and and really starts to emulate that until he finds another, a friend, his first real friend, another outsider. And it's a very sweet relationship. The performances are great. I love this movie.
0: Yeah, so a couple good ones to look for on home video and streaming this week. Next week, there's one. I've been looking forward to this one since I saw the trailer. Very few trailers do this for me, but when I saw the trailer for Logan Lucky, I wanted to see it right now. It's the latest (laughs) from Steven Soderbergh. You've got... um, You've got Daniel Craig and you've got Channing Tatum and Riley Keough and Adam Driver, and it looks it looks wild, and I'm hoping that it lives up to our expectations. Yeah, hopefully it can break the August curse. Yes, hopefully. And also next week, the hitman's bodyguard. It's Samuel L. Jackson, and it's Ryan Reynolds in a movie that was first called Safe House right. with Denzel <laughs> Washington. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. This one probably has more humor. Uh, but we'll see. Those are the two main studio releases coming out next week. So, let us know what you think about this week. Any of the movies that you've seen or looking forward to. We all Always love to keep the conversation going on Twitter. That's the easiest way. We're at Mad Wolf. M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also on Facebook, it's Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website for the written reviews and other fun stuff is madwolf.com. And the screening room podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and MadWolf.com. And until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.